0: Hi, this is awesome. This is so, awesome. <laughs> Amy, welcome to the show. And we're going to do the awkward podcasty thing of we said hi and how are you and ex- uh, exchange pleasantries before the actual recording started, but we're going to do it for the recording anyway. <laughs> so, hi, Amy. How are you doing today? <laughs>
1: I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you so much. Despite Uh, having some sick kits, I'm smiling and happy.
0: And I'll also give the introduction to the podcast as well, because this is relatively new. We just decided on the name. So, welcome to the first or second, depending on which one we edit first, episode of the Team Check In. I'm Emre, and today with me, I have amateur boogie boarder, overall great person. (laughs) Oh, and also she just happens to be the global head of people and culture at the competi- at Competitive Capabilities International, Amy Brand. Hi. Okay, wow. That was a mouthful.
1: I was going to say that was a mouthful, but I'm delighted to be here.
0: <laughs> Great. And I'm definitely going to add in some like clapping noises to this. <laughs> so the last time we spoke to each other, you were actually uh going through some transitions in your workplace right you were implementing some new stuff and that's kind of one of the reasons we had to delay the podcast i'm not mad i'm only disappointed so (laughs) (laughs) for people who don't know that's just parents speak for being mad (laughs) but uh so can you tell me a bit about the changes that you were going through and what you were implementing
1: So we, um, a new CEO joined us, a really awesome disruptive leader um, called Jay Milligan joined us last June. I'm very proud that I was able to hire and attract him to CCI, (laughs) to Competitive Capabilities International. And he's been reviewing the organization over the last period of time. Um, uh-huh. And decided that our organization needed to realign to focus on some core capabilities rather than being um, geographically aligned. So in we've shifted from having um, regional leaders of Europe, America, China, and uh-huh. actually looking at our core capabilities of consulting, solutions, technology, Um and and so we've realigned our organization around those core capabilities. And of course, sales sales (laughs) marketing and account management can't forget that. But all of that those things, apart from technology, was done within the region. And now we've moved moving to sort of globalize each of those capabilities.
0: That's awesome. And one thing I kind of glossed over, I just assumed everyone knows like what CCI is, but Can you, for the listeners who might not know your awesome company, just in a quick tidbit, just tell them what Competitive Capabilities International actually does?
1: We're an asset-based consulting company. So people might say they know what consulting is, but what is asset-based? So we have Mm -hmm. a wonderful product called Track, which helps companies primarily in the um, manufacturing space um become more efficient and effective and we've been doing that for over 35 years so we bring our amazing product with all of this knowledge from the clients we've worked with over the last 35 years together with amazing consultants that we have all over the world to really enhance the operations and efficiency of our clients and soon-to-be clients
0: awesome awesome And look, as you were going through the description, I just went through this entire mug of coffee. (laughs) Are you a big coffee drinker, by the way?
1: No, I don't drink coffee at all. None? Ever. I've never, ever ever had coffee. I'm a tea person.
0: You're a tea person. Okay. So uh, do you not like the taste or like the whole caffeinated effect of it?
1: I don't know. I just remember my mother was a monster without coffee. And I think <laughs> because of that, I decided not to start. Yeah. Um, and I just started on tea and kept going on that path. But I've heard coffee is very good for you. So maybe I should try.
0: <laughs> awesome. There was this, uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but there was this whole gag about if no one had discovered coffee up until now, and if I came to you with this little thing in my hand, hey, taste this, we're going to sell this, you would think I was crazy. Because (laughs) it objectively just... It
1: smells amazing. Um,
0: Definitely, definitely. But not sure
1: about the taste.
0: Yeah, but uh, like the expert coffee people just tell me I don't know how to brew it and I just can't tell the difference between any of it. But yeah, when one of your friends just gets really into coffee and the whole like roastery and the beans they just immediately turn incredibly pretentious, right? Absolutely. They, they scold you over like Starbucks choices and whatnot. <laughs> okay, and going back to CCI, as I said before in my long-winded intro, you are the global head of people and culture, right?
1: Actually, my title last week just changed to chief people officer. Oh, Along wow. with the realignment, yes. <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: <laughs> but I don't want to drop the culture piece, so I, see, I have to see how to fit that in as well.
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask, so you guys are done with culture?
1: Definitely not done both, with culture. Both? We're only starting with culture.
0: <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people would just, like, in your position, usually just go with the old-fashioned title, right? HR, Human Resources, Global Head of HR. And again, the last time we spoke, you told me that you specifically changed that with yourself. Yeah. And can you tell me a bit about why you actually went with that?
1: I think that my role is around getting, creating an amazing environment and culture, which gets the best out of every single person. I want to help every single person do their best work. And I Uh think HR, Human Resources, it just sounds horrendous, doesn't it? It's like, no, it's not resources. It's people, individual people that we want to get the best out of. So I feel it's a very antiquated, old fashioned, not very nice title. And I also see people, I feel so proud of what I do and what my team Uh does and the impact we have. But when you tell people you work in HR, they kind of give you a bit of a shiver or, ooh, and I don't know what, you know, The, the companies I've worked in have uh-huh. really focused on people and culture and I think getting the best out of people. So yeah, I hate that term. And that's <laughs> that's why I immediately set about changing yeah. <laughs> my title initially when, it, when I came to this company.
0: Yeah, and I totally get it. And it might seem small, but words do have power, right? And they, ha- they come with their own connotations. And I think most of the bad reps like, HR departments really got came through, like, the show The Office, where just mm. everyone hated on Toby the HR guy and whatnot. But, yeah, it, overall, like, HR got a really bad rep. And I get it. Treating people like resources, like, that doesn't sound the nice Very human. It
1: yeah. doesn't sound yeah. very human.
0: Exactly. It does sound kind of like some robots took over. And... They're harvesting stuff from the brains of the humans they have trapped. And yeah, they're calling them human resources. And I have a pet peeve like that as well. Uh, One terminology that I really hate is the word probation review. Mm. I I hate that. I just hate that term because who's on probation? Why are we borrowing language from the criminal justice system in the workplace? Because...
1: So, so we yeah. change that to settling in period. Really, for the same reason. It does sound like the person awesome. is a criminal and they're out on probation. So, I agree with you. I think language really matters, and probation makes people feel nervous. When actually settling in period is more around: Have you settled in? You know, are we clear? Are Are you feeling it? Are you enjoying it? Are we getting the best out of you? are you uh-huh. yeah happy to be here and working well and as we expect you to work so we did actually change the language
0: awesome and for those listening we didn't plan this this is new yeah. to me as well we did <laughs> not plan this and that's awesome because what really bothered me with the whole probation lingo is that it's already really hard to get a good job right you work hard you you send in your resume and you beat like thousands of people for the job. You finally got it. And then you go through a probation period where, oh, my God, am I going to lose this gig? And yeah. that's really stressful. And I think like you should know better than me that like that does something to people that affects people's performances. And the first two months, it's supposed to be the honeymoon period. right?
1: It's about trust. You know, exactly. I think you're right. You've gone through this process where you've um spoken to the person a few times gathered references and really said are they a fit yes they are we need to back our decision we don't go ooh well you know, let, let's let see and let's make the person feel nervous. Um, it is around trusting the person from the outset, but also being able to have adult conversations, you know, is this what you expected it to be? Are you living up to our expectations? Uh-huh. Let's have adult to adult conversations ar- around that. And it is mutual, right? So it can be hard for people to find jobs, but I think we spend the vast majority of our time working. We also have to be happy. So if I'm going to have people doing their best work, they need to feel engaged. They need to feel like this was the right place for them and they made the right decision, which is why it's so important, those conversations through the interview process, being honest. We have to be (laughs) honest about what's great about working here, but also the challenges. Because when you join, you're going to see that, right? You're going to know Hey, they weren't honest, and that doesn't sound, start the relationship, right? Yeah, so. yeah.
0: It's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time, but I mean, just as much as we can make it sunshine and rainbows, we can. Yeah. But we do have those rain clouds and those thunderstorms, and that's part of the job. And yeah, seeing how people cope with that settling in period, right? That was the name you guys can't wait. Yeah, that's awesome because. I wrote a blog post about this during my early days with Team Flick, and I was really passionate about this. I I talked a big game about hating the name probation reviews or probation period, but I didn't suggest anything else. That whole (laughs) article is me having a huge rant and hating the title probation reviews, but never actually offering anything in return. And I just ended the whole thing. And I just ended the whole article with... Well, you guys are the guys with the fancy titles. Figure something out. Just do you. Now you've but, got a blog part two with yeah, the exactly Exactly. Probation review part two. Electric Boogaloo. I got it. Great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And thank you for touching up on this with me. And again, something we spoke about the last time we were having a conversation and we were doing a success story. You you told me about this HR, this strategy, this practice you implemented, right? It was called One Page HR.
1: One Page Everything.
0: Or One Page Everything. On Sorry. Page. Yeah. Okay. One Page Everything. So can you tell me a bit about One Page Everything?
1: Yeah. So we, um, we brought in a strategy consultant about year and a half two years ago to work mm-hmm. with us on being really clear on our strategy going forward and we talked a bit about that as part of the success story right mm-hmm. and, and how we wanted clarity for everyone in the organization around how they could contribute to the strategy um, but this consultant had a really nice framework and methodology called one page everything and it's how do you understand your strategy on a page mm-hmm. and his piece was you should be able to wake someone up at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and they can tell you what it is because it's clear it's succinct and it's simple. Um, And I think, you know, we're in a world where people are overwhelmed, you know, Mm -hmm. and we don't remember much. I think our brain remembers three to five points maximum. So when you start to have reams and reams of information, you lose people. So it is around how do you kind of focus on the most critical pieces um and and put those on a page such that people can be woken up but that does not go talk to our culture we do not actively wake people up at three o'clock in the morning okay. and say hey i you was remember just this. about
0: to ask you to clarify that
1: so it's more in principle can people uh-huh. r- remember and i think about my old company um swissery which is a reinsurance company and we shifted to behaviors and there were three be courageous, adapt at speed, create joint movement. Everyone could remember them. They're easy to remember, but it's three. Mm-hmm. And our brains work best in, in smaller numbers.
0: Right. Um, I mean, yeah. uh, Back when I used to teach, as I told you, back when I was a teacher, I did my research on attention spans and how yes. much people can remember. And it shocked me to find out that the average kid has an attention span that is eight seconds long. So eight yeah. minutes long, right? Oh, after, after eight, not eight seconds, no, eight <laughs> minutes long, right? Eight seconds would be crazy. No, I would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> but the average child has an eight minute attention span. And I would tell this to their parents during parent-teacher meetings. And I would say, yeah, your kid has an eight minute attention span and that's perfectly normal. So that's how I structured the lessons and they would all be shocked they would go like like kids have an 8 minute attention span and i'd go like what are you surprised about you have a 12 minute attention span cuz that's yeah. the case with adults we're slowly but surely losing our attention spans and the ability to remember things we're because we're constantly being bombarded with all sorts of stimulation and info and data and it's really hard to keep stuff in our minds and now oh. Yeah. Go on.
1: Well, interesting stat in that regard, which we used when we were looking at our learning transformation internally, is if you go on a course, if you don't use what you've learned within two weeks, you lose 80 percent of it.
0: Right. Definitely. So if it's not practiced, it's gone.
1: It's gone quite quickly. I I think mine is closer to 90 or 95. Honestly, (laughs) I feel like my attention span is is shorter. But we've shifted to resources before courses. Uh So how do you show people like if we think about youtube and if i'm at home and i need to change a light bulb and i haven't done it for a year or a year and a half what are the three steps or five steps or whatever i need to take uh-huh. that's the resource i need at that point that i need it um, Yeah, yeah exactly. so it goes to that attention span thing we just can't remember my, my brain starts to reject information at a certain point i just can't retain it
0: that the exact thing happened to me the first time i got a job right I was faced with the terrifying challenge of having to tie a tie. And I had never done that before. Like all through high school, I made it through college without never once touching a tie. And so I looked it up, did a bunch of tutorials, learned how to do it once, and then I totally forgot about it. And now I'm totally dependent on those tutorials. If I get a new like job interview and whatnot, if I have to wear a tie, I just look it up. I-, I just can't keep that thing in my head. But I think I don't know if it's the same in your organization, but I think workplaces are also shifting away from that, like formal attire, ties and mm-hmm. jacket stuff as well. Right.
1: Well, you can see I'm not. So I yeah. have I'm a bit bitter about this, actually, because under my bed, I have all of my suits <laughs> from, from my past life and I don't get to wear them anymore. And I, I but they were expensive and I can't quite uh-huh. throw them away. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're I guess we're much less formal than we uh-huh. than we used to be. Um
0: and somehow really? companies have not gone bankrupt yet. So
1: yeah, I, no, I guess. exactly. I, uh, I think there is something about dressing dressing to impress, also uh-huh. at at particular sure. times. I mean, if you're if I'm sitting here in my, my pajamas, I don't know if mentally I'm as kind of with uh-huh. it as if I'm I'm properly dressed. But I think in the world we've kind of moved backwards from very very formal ways of dressing. Uh-huh. Which I and think is a good thing, it makes people feel more comfortable.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that came with this whole like COVID, and we're all like in front of computers now and we're doing remote meetings, is people only j- started to dress halfway up. Right. Yeah. So you can just wear it. pajamas on the bottom. That's fine. As long as you just like tuck your shirt in and you still look good from the waist from up. The top up.
1: Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And I never did that though, even <laughs> during COVID. Really? No, see that—that's a matter of principle. Mentally, though. mentally, I needed to get up, get exercise, get showered, uh-huh. and
0: dressed No, for, for me, it felt well-being. like I was. Yeah, for me, it felt like I was sneaking something by the boss. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, because growing up, high school, college, I was a rocker. I was supposed to be a rebel. So when I got my first nine to five job, it felt like conforming, and. <laughs> just like I resented myself just a little bit so now I'm if I'm like working behind like a camera I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear like pants now I'm just gonna be in my pajamas because that's how you stick it to the man <laughs> that was me being punk rock in my like that's late 20s
1: being a rebel yeah.
0: yeah exactly
1: didn't feel. I didn't feel that need
0: <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes so much sense and. So how long have you been in people and culture and in general?
1: Oh, now I'm going to give away my age. So almost (laughs) 20 years, almost 20 years.
0: So you've been at this since high school?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. (laughs) Started early.
0: (laughs) Yeah, started early, definitely.
1: Didn't bother getting a degree or anything, just went straight in.
0: And and you were like one of those naturals and geniuses. So they snapped yeah. you right out, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> awesome. And uh, I have this question for you. So if you look back to the beginning of your career, right, how do you think you've grown and changed throughout your career? And what are some of like the biggest improvements you had, like in how you manage I I just failed to form that sentence. I just failed at forming that sentence. But and you get it. How have you grown? That's the question.
1: I mean, I've grown so much. I guess in 20 years, anyone would grow a lot. I think uh-huh. it's also how the profession has grown, you know, uh-huh. from personnel to HR to people mm-hmm. or people and culture, you know, mm-hmm. and how we um, how we. As a profession have changed over many years so this piece around the probation period or Uh performance management and strict calibration and how you treat people i think things have shifted so much Mm
0: -hmm. and actually
1: a lot of the things that were seen as best practice in the past are really not best practice at all so think about the annual engagement survey it's such a crazy concept. Ask people once a year how they're feeling. I mean, jeepers, if you ask me once a week, the next week I could be feeling completely different. How did we believe that by asking people once a year how they were feeling and building lots of plans around that that made sense? It it really didn't. Um, so there's so many things like that that have changed so much. And you know, process process is important, but there's also something about judgment and how we treat people as adults and how we treat people as human beings and i think a big thing that shifted for me anyway is i think psychology is so important you know where where i started it was really around around process but now i think people in 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 people and culture in this field we need to be experts in human behavior how do we get the best out of people how do people tick How do we use models of psychology to best understand um, who people are and what makes them tick? You know, borrowing techniques from marketing, which would have been unheard of years ago. Um, So personas, you know, or we'll talk about managing a change versus actually marketing a change. Because when you want something to change, you actually have to sell it. You don't just communicate it and expect that it'll happen. So I think there's so many Beautiful trends these days that have really shifted, I think, in in the good companies shifted how we approach the whole the whole field. And I, I feel like that's where I've grown from kind of process and human resources to people and culture.
0: All right, let's take a small break. I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast to talk to you about TeamFlect. TeamFlect is the single best performance management software for Microsoft Teams. It is an all-in-one solution. And when I say all-in-one, I mean all-in-one. You want to create tasks? There you go, create tasks. You want to set goals? Set goals all you want. You want to exchange customizable recognitions? Sure, TeamFlect has employee engagement for days. You can even conduct entire performance review cycles using customizable performance review templates without ever having to leave Microsoft Teams. One of the biggest problems with remote work these days is that companies drown their employees in software. You use one platform for video calls, another one for performance reviews, and then another one for tasks? Yeah, that's counterintuitive. With TeamFlex, every single thing you might need from performance management will be right inside Microsoft Teams. Oh, and the best part is TeamFlect is absolutely free for up to 10 users. And I don't mean a trial period or TeamFlect light version. I mean free with full functionality for up to 10 users. So you can start by demoing TeamFlect with a 10-people group, get their feedback, and if you like it, you can roll it out company-wide. What are you waiting for? Go to TeamFlect.com and schedule your free demo today. Now, back to the show. And we are back with Amy Brand. We did take a small break, but through the magic of podcasting, television, or whatever media you're watching this on, it will be seamless for you. Other than possibly a quick five-second costume change. But some people do say, you know, sometimes people in HR are magicians, right? Or rock stars, right? So you never know. And the last, uh, when we left things off, we were talking about, uh, your journey through people and culture and human resources management, et cetera, and everything you learned along the way. And I just want to move things forward now, right? We have all these new trends coming up every day, whatever. And if you, what do you think, like in the, ne- you know, that classic question, where do you see yourself in five years? Is that, by the way, do you ask that to people? Did you ever ask that to people? Is it too much of a cliche now, or do people still it, ask that?
1: I think it's a bit of a cliche. I think the world is changing so quickly. <laughs> um, and I love the statistic. It's something like, I don't know, 60% of the jobs my kids will do, I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, don't exist yet. Um, so I I don't really ask that question. I ask about what's important to someone from a, from a work perspective and where, where they want to grow rather than where they see themselves in five or 10
0: years. Yeah, because I remember I was asked that once in an interview and my immediate reaction was, wow, you guys really ask that? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we do ask it. And I just went like, well, I don't know.
1: I mean, I think that's a good answer. I think it's, I mean, honestly, the world does change so rapidly um and for me it's around ongoing growth what you want to see is people who have a growth mindset who want to kind mm-hmm. of uh, develop themselves and develop their skills um but actually you know it's not a linear in the past when we would look at succession planning you would say okay we want to grow this person into that role in five years but the world doesn't mm-hmm. work like that you have so many curveballs along the way so i don't think it's a realistic thing to look
0: at anymore yeah. unfortunately yeah. And is it just me or like is uh job loyalty or like loyalty to like a one particular firm? Is that slowly becoming a thing of the past?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, all the statistics show that that is a thing of the past. I think what's really interesting at the moment is industry hopping, um, uh-huh. which is actually showing that people are transferring their skills from d- across different industries. And in the past, you know, we would want people with backgrounds in that industry and who had proven they could um, do it in that industry. But actually now we're seeing lots of people transfer their skills into, into different industries and doing different things.
0: I remember I got my first job as an English teacher and in the interview, like they asked me, like, do you have any experience speaking in front of people? And I just went like, well, I used to make music in front of drunk college kids and (laughs) I don't think your eighth graders are going to be as mean as them. So I can handle them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, do, you, uh, do you think there's a specific reason for people not staying in single organization for too long? Or is it a Gen Z thing, in your opinion? Or is it just how things have evolved so far?
1: I think it is. um I think it is a generational thing. I think definitely with the baby boomers, it was a job for life these days it's absolutely not a job for life and it's around Mm -hmm. exploring and different experiences. And there's so much out there. I mean, there's, I mean, it still blows my mind that there are jobs influence being an influencer is a job. I mean, I can't even imagine that when, when I was growing up or at university and that's only 20 years ago, it's not that long ago. Um, so I do think it's a generational thing. I think that, um, our employees today also have different expectations about what they want and what's important to them. Um, And, you know, they're seeking that and they're seeking those companies that are doing things differently and prioritize um, work-life integration and balance and everything else. And so, yeah, I, I, I think even if we look at, if I look at my company, we've got older people who've generally stayed, but younger people who are kind of moving around a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good thing. You know, I stayed in my first company for six or seven years, then 10 years. But when you move industries or move companies and move managers, you also learn so much. So I actually Mm -hmm. think, staying for a few years is good developing a breadth of experience but then I think it is good to see different things from a growth perspective
0: there you go and I mean you just brought like industry hopping up right that's one of the big buzzwords going around right now and before we dive into those big buzzwords uh it's like 2023, quiet quit, like 2022, quiet quitting was a whole deal and everyone was suddenly talking about it out of the blue. So if we can do like some projection, what do you think people will be talking about? Right, 2023, we're almost halfway through it now. So at the end of the year, going into 2024, can you see like, oh yeah, everyone will be so stoked about this in like the upcoming year, all the human resources departments, they'll be trying to... Uh, dive into this or implement this. What do you what do you see as like an upcoming trend?
1: Um, it's a trend already, but it's not really taken off. Is the four day work week? Being paid for five days, so there's lots of experiments happening. (laughs) Yeah, I know we're both saying our prayers. (laughs) So there's lots of experiments happening um, in different countries around that. So I think that's Mm -hmm. going to be something that continues to be something to look at going forward. Um, The other thing is we're going. I think we're going into a recession, right? We've just had the the banking crisis in the US, which is now sort of taking down banking stocks you're talking mm-hmm. about a recession in many different places around the world so we're looking at maybe you know is it another financial crisis hopefully not but it's certainly mm-hmm. a recession um so that's that's quite interesting um in terms of what that what that means and you have the high inflationary environment around the world which is challenging but you also have post covid with people saying well i'll only accept you know my 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 life is really important so i'm not going to mm-hmm. work like a maniac um for for companies anymore so i don't know what all of those things bring together in mm-hmm. terms of a trend um but it but it will bring a different dynamic into the market you know are we we actually have a war for talent at the moment where mm-hmm. we don't have enough people applying for roles um but then we have a recession. So are people going to kind of continue with the quiet quitting and sticking mm-hmm. with be- better the devil they know? We've had all the mm-hmm. tech layoffs recently as well. So, that
0: was
1: insane. no, and, and it's challenging. Right. And some of the way people did it. I mean, I just wrote, read about um, Elon Musk and some of the Twitter stuff. That's horrendous to, to yeah, read about. Uh,
0: I can't uh, remember his name, this Norwegian person who yeah. was struggling with a disability Um, and elon tweeted was he actually working which is just yeah one of the most offensive things he could have treated tweeted
1: yeah so it's it's a really interesting market and dynamic you know there's a lot of tech layoffs at the moment now you see the 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 banking crisis is something spreading so you Mm -hmm. you start to have um redundancies um and that's worrying for people right so you you want that work-life balance Um, But actually, are the opportunities as much as you thought they were? And is it better the devil you know than the devil you don't yet know? So something we talked about years and years ago um, when I worked in kind of the employee engagement area was retained but disengaged. And that was during the financial crisis, uh, which is making me feel very old. But that wasn't a great phenomenon. It was a bit like quiet quitting. We retained Mm -hmm. the people because they're mm-hmm. here and they're not leaving because actually they're, they, they're kind of scared of going anywhere else mm-hmm. because bad things might happen from a, mm-hmm. you know, job security perspective, but are they engaged? Um, so I wonder, could that be a trend again, given the market dynamics? I, I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting
0: to see. Exactly. I think uh, there's this general psyche in like, I'm not going to say like in particular fields, but there's this general psyche going on in the world where we were a little uh hopeless in the recent times right, with covid and and then now that's evolving into disillusionment and anger yeah. right yeah. because we had all these billionaires who were everyone was really high on them and it was like yesterday when everyone was so high on elon or sam bankman fried and Now they're all falling off of their pedestals. Silicon Mm. Valley banking crisis is going down and people are now excited. Great. They're going to bail out the banks again using taxpayer taxpayer dollars. So Mm. now there's this wave of disillusionment and anger going on. And I think that really pairs up with your notion of uh, retained but disengaged. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing. It rhymes. I love it. Totally stealing it.
1: Yeah, but it's I, I hate the term and I hated mm-hmm. it at the time because it's sort of it's sort of for me. I envis- envisage like zombies, you know, like you're there, but you're not, like, I think work is so important. We spend the vast majority of our time at work
0: mm-hmm. if we're
1: not engaged, but we're just there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that's not the environment that i want to create in in my company i want people to feel excited about the future bought into the purpose feeling like they're doing meaningful work retained but disengaged to me is like people just there but but you know a shadow of who they should be and what we should be getting out of them so it's like z- zombies you know which i really <laughs> i really don't like
0: uh recently people have been going oh you're such snowflakes you want to be fulfilled at work you know work is just work you pay your dues and then you're done well like you said we spend so much time at work so most of our day is spent during work so we need that fulfillment yeah. and that pays off in leagues through like productivity and performance
1: yeah it's about making a difference i think you know mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone wants to make a difference in in some small way. And you see the impact that even small things at work you can have to make people feel happier or better or, you know, grow them. We have someone in my team and she's just... Become so independent. We brought her in as an intern and she was nervous, you know, and now she's challenging managers and um she's kicking ass, which is brilliant. And it's amazing to see. And she's so happy. And I mean, if we're spending eight, and many of us spend many more than eight hours a day at work, we need to be doing something meaningful or or find meaning in what we're doing and doing it with great people, you know, because mm-hmm. otherwise. That's you know what percent it's ha- half our lives, um, or half our days, or you know, two a third of our days are spent there. If it's not meaningful, then that's not fun, right? That's I, not good as we think yeah, about I, our overall lives.
0: Now that's a uh, how proud how proud did you feel as you know the head of people and culture when you watched like the shy intern go into a total ass kicker?
1: Yeah, and I you know I called her yesterday and said. It came up in the review of her manager. And Mm -hmm. I just said, I just wanted to say well done because it makes me feel so proud. I feel emotional thinking about her growth and development. And she that was such an amazing conversation for me because um, she was she was so emotional in ter- she could see it, she could see how far she's come and we talked about where she's going, right, not five years but just mm-hmm. the path that she continues on to keep gaining skills, to keep gaining confidence and uh-huh. I mean that's amazing when you see someone who's gone from there to there in terms of their confidence and their impact it, and, it makes me feel so happy
0: Yeah, that's people and culture right there right? Yeah. Uh, you know People talk about feeling invested in their work. Or yeah. it's, it's very rare that, like, a regular ordinary Joe feels invested in, like, the success of the company. But you're in people and culture. So you're actually invested in these journeys that people take inside the organization. And yeah, yeah you... Have almost like this uh, proud mama bear moment.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I read this lovely. I don't know where I read it, but it said. The you know. Way, employee... uh, can you move your mic a little closer to your oh. mouth? I think. Yeah. Sorry. Is that better?
0: Uh just a bit, just a bit. I think the voice dropped down just a little.
1: Okay. Is this okay. better? Okay.
0: Yeah, I'll perfect. Talk a bit louder. Yeah, but
1: I read this. Um, I don't know where I read it, but it talked about. I think it was engagement. Is how uh-huh. you feel on a Sunday night before your week and are you feeling like there's bats in your belly like crazy bats or are there um you know is there excitement and looking Mm -hmm. forward to the week ahead and I think that's such a good indicator and we definitely want to turn the bats into whatever the positive things bats into butterflies yeah (laughs) exactly
0: all right okay I think you just found the title of this episode bats into butterflies (laughs) I love it This is perfect. And I think that's enough for us to wrap up now. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. This has been incredible and well worth the effort. And I think people listening will appreciate that. Yeah, we're so glad you guys spent two weeks scheduling and another (laughs) two weeks recording Well, we did it. And it was totally worth it. Amy, always a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you too.
0: And is there anything you want to plug? If uh, people want to reach you, where can they reach you? Or like, uh, if they can, if they want to ask questions, or through LinkedIn, whatever.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is great. I'm Amy Brand on LinkedIn, and I love connecting with other people to see what everyone else is doing, so I can steal with pride. Um, because, <laughs> so I really love hearing um, about about other companies and what progressive things people are doing. And I love sharing um, because, you know, sharing is caring, but it makes the world a better place in terms of company culture.
0: Exactly. Sharing is caring. I love it. We can end on that. So that this has been the team check in from here, Emre and Amy Brand. Have a good one. Bye bye. Have a great week. Bye.